Hello and welcome to Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the audio broadcast ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Your mind is the greatest gift God has given you. That's why today we continue with a series called Rethinking Your Life. In these lessons, Rick shares nine biblical pillars we need to reshape our minds so that we can become more like Jesus Christ. Right now, here's Pastor Rick with the final part of a message called Changing How I Think About Pain. Pain can teach you how to really love. Because love is, is not a, 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 a you know, quiver in your liver. Love is doing the sacrificial thing. Love changes bedpans when you need to do that. You might want to go tweet that one, okay? Number three, third way you can use pain for good in your life. I can use it to draw closer to God, to trust Him more. That's worship. I can use it to grow closer to you and, and be closer in fellowship. Number three, use pain to grow deeper like Jesus in your character. Use pain to grow deeper like Jesus. The Bible calls this discipleship. And every time you're in pain, it is an opportunity to work on your attitude, to work on your virtue, to work on your character. The Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, nine qualities. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. The Bible says these are what happens when the Spirit is living through your life. How does God build these qualities in your life? By putting you in the exact opposite situations. He teaches you love when you're around unlovely people. He teaches you joy in the middle of grief. He teaches you patience by putting you in situations where you have to wait. He teaches every one of these qualities, self-control, by putting you in a situation where you're tempted to be not self-controlled. Pain is an opportunity to grow in character uh, like Christ. But again, it's a choice. When you're in pain, you can be bitter or you can become better. Pain can be a stepping stone to maturity or a stumbling block to immaturity. It's not automatic. The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 30, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. <laughs> Anybody want to give a testimony on that verse? Sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. We don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Now, once you have come to Christ, you're saved. You're in the body of Christ. You're in the family of God. You're a child of God. Once you're in God's family, God's number one purpose in your life is to make you like Jesus Christ. You're born again, now he wants you to grow up like father, like son. He wants you to have the characteristics of God the Father. God wants to make you like Jesus Christ. He's the perfect model of humanity. Now here's the corollary to that. If God's gonna make me like Jesus, then he's going to take me through everything Jesus went through. Did Jesus experience pain? Oh, of course he did. Did Jesus experience times when he was lonely? Yes. When he was tempted to be discouraged? Yes. When he was simply tempted? Yes. Did, did Jesus have people misunderstand him and criticize him? Yes. If God is going to make you like Jesus, he's going to take you through everything Jesus went through. God did not spare Jesus from being criticized, from being persecuted. Why would he spare you? 
He wants you to grow up in character and be like his son. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Circle that last word. We learn obedience through suffering. In fact, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 says it like this. Suffering made Jesus perfect, and now he can save forever all who obey him. Now, Jesus was perfect. What does that mean? Well, this word teleos in Greek means complete. Suffering made Jesus complete. There are some things we only learn through pain. And so we want to draw closer to God. We want to draw closer to others, but we want to become more like Jesus. And God wants to build the character of Christ in your life. And some of those things can only be built through pain. In fact, Paul complimented the way that the Corinthian believers had actually grown through their pain. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, he says this, it's verse 11. Now, isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress, they had gone through some major distress there in Corinth. Isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? That's the first purpose. You're more alive. You're more concerned. You're more sensitive. You're more reverent. You're more human. You're more passionate. You're more responsible. Looked at it from any angle. You've come out of this with purity of heart. I love that message translation of that passage. He says these seven things, being concerned and sensitive and reverent and human and passionate, responsible, being fully alive. He says, you want these things in your life? Then ask God to use the pain that's in your life to help you become more like Jesus. You see, the fact is pain always transforms us either for good or bad. It'll make us bitter or better. As I said, pain never leaves you where it found you. You know, I have studied uh, all my lifetime what makes great leaders and what makes great winners in life. And the number one quality of those who win in life, whether it's in sports or any other area, the number one quality is resilience. It is the ability to bounce back. Everybody stumbles, everybody falls, everybody has failures, everybody has pain and suffering. But those who actually make it in life, get up, pick themselves off, bounce back, and they have resilience. As the Bible says that the, though a man falls seven times, a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. Everybody falls, but the righteous person gets back up again and keeps going. That's called resilience, that bounce back ability. How do you become a resilient person, no matter what happens in your life? Well, do you remember last, uh, in our last session together, I, I, let me go back to those three passages when we were dealing with discouragement in our last session together. Paul in 2 Corinthians talks about uh, how Paul was resilient. So let me read those passages again. We talked about them in our previous session. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 28, Paul gives the testimony of all of the pain he's been through. He said, I've been put in jail more often. I've been whipped times without number. I faced death again and again and again. Five times I was whipped with 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned with, you know, stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. And he says, I faced dangers 
my entire life, from flooded rivers, from robbers, from angry mobs. I faced dangers in, in the city and in the deserts and on stormy seas. And from people who claim to be Christians but are not, he said, I've lived with weariness. I've lived with pain. I've lived with sleepless nights. I've often been hungry and thirsty. I've often gone without food. I've often shivered with cold, with enough, not enough clothing to keep me warm. And besides all this, I've had the daily burden of all of the churches that I've started. Now, I shared that with you in our previous session. Then he says, in response to all of those things, I mean, you think you had problems. Paul did. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 to 10. Here is his attitude toward it. He said, you know, we're pressed on every side by trouble. Okay, it just comes pressing in on us. But we're not crushed. We're not broken. Okay, he says we're perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. He says we're often confused about life, but we don't give up even when we don't know the answers. He says we're hunted down, but we're never abandoned. God never abandons us. He says we get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. It's like a boxer. I get knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. And he says we get up again and keep going. Through suffering, Paul says, these bodies of ours constantly share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Whoa. Those three passages are amazing uh, testimony of resilience. What was Paul's secret? What was Paul's secret of the ability to get back up again? Well, it was an eternal perspective. He had a greater purpose. And as I said earlier, you can handle unbelievable pain if you can see a purpose in it. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18, here's the purpose that Paul says keeps him going. For this reason, this is the reason we never become discouraged, even though our physical being is gradually decaying yet our spiritual being is being renewed day after day. He said, I I can't stop the aging process, but I can stay fresh and renewed in my spirit on the inside. He says, these temporary troubles we suffer will bring us a tremendous and eternal glory, the reward in heaven, much greater than the trouble. For we fix our attention, not on the things that are seen, but on the things that are unseen, because what can be seen lasts only for a time, it's temporary. But what cannot be seen lasts forever. This is the power of growing in Christ when you're in pain, of seeing a greater perspective that yes, I'm in pain right now, but even if I had chronic pain my entire life, my entire life might be 60, 70, 80, at the most 90 years or so, but I'm gonna benefit from it in heaven and receive the rewards and reap the, the benefits for trillions of years. He said, that stuff's gonna last forever. So have a greater perspective when you're in pain. That's not just here and now. Let me give you a fourth reason. Remember the five purposes. The fourth purpose is the purpose of using your life to make a contribution and having a ministry or having a a place of service. You weren't put on this earth to live a self-centered life. So here's the fourth way you can use pain. Use pain to be or become more sensitive in serving others. This is called redemptive pain. It is the highest and best use of pain. That when I'm going through pain, 
rather than focusing on my pain, I redirect my focus to other people who are in pain. And as I said earlier, pain sensitizes us. If you have struggled with depression, you're sensitive to other people who are depressed. If you have struggled with physical pain, like back pain, then you're sensitive to other people who've had back pain. If you've gone through the pain of a divorce, you know what it's like, and you are sensitive to people who go through the pain of a divorce. It doesn't matter what pain you've gone through, Jesus wants to redeem your suffering. He doesn't want to waste it. He wants to use it. He wants to use it to help other people when they are in pain. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 6, it's a powerful passage that says this. God comforts us in all of our troubles so that, circle that so that, so that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. Then when other people are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. You can be sure, Paul says, that the more we suffer, the more we suffer for Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. So, he says, when we're weighed down with troubles <coughs> and pain, he said, it's for your benefit and salvation. For when God comforts us, it is so that we in turn can be an encouragement to you. Then you can patiently endure the same thing we suffer. In other words, who's better qualified to help a struggling veteran than somebody who's been a struggling veteran? Who's better qualified to help someone recover from a, an opioid or a prescription drug addiction than somebody who's struggled with an addiction to opioid or prescription drugs? Who could be better helpful to help someone who's been molested than someone who has been molested? Who could better help someone who has uh, struggles with uh, a special needs child of some, some special need than the parents of a special needs child? Do not waste your hurt. Do not waste your pain. Let God use it. Your greatest ministry will come out of your deepest pain. Your greatest ministry will come out of your greatest weakness and failing. If you'll be honest to God, honest to others, and honest to yourself, it will become your ministry. So I use pain in my life to draw close to God in worship. I use pain in my life to draw close to others in fellowship. When I share my strengths, that doesn't make us feel close, but when I share my my weaknesses, you go, oh, it, it draws us close. If Rick has problems, then if God uses him, then maybe God could use me. When you share your pain, it helps you grow in Christ. And when you use your pain to minister to others who've gone through the same thing, or going through what you've already gone through, that's called your ministry. Number five, God wants you to use pain to witness to the world. God wants you to use pain to witness to the world. You see, God says that our witness comes out of our weaknesses, not out of our strengths. You see, we've got it all backwards. We think the world is impressed by how we enjoy prosperity. That doesn't impress the world. They see that all around. Non-Christians have that. What actually impresses them is not how we handle prosperity, but what impresses non-believers is how believers handle adversity 
not prosperity. I think I witnessed more in the past six years in how I lived out my grief publicly than I ever did from all of the successes in my life. We think our successes give us credibility, but actually it is our suffering that gives us credibility. We think that fame earns respect, but actually it's faithfulness in tough times that earns respect. Paul was a pro at this. He was a pro at using his pain as a witness. He said, I'm not just gonna use it to grow close to God and to minister to other people. I'm gonna use it as a witness. In Philippians chapter one, verse 12, Paul writes this. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here, and where, where is he when he's writing this? He's in a dungeon in Rome, in prison, chained to a prison guard. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. Paul says, I actually use my pain to model the message that God has given me, model my message. You see, if Paul <coughs> had not been chained up in prison, he wouldn't have written all of those letters that became the New Testament. He would have been out moving around from town to town, going around. God allowed him in that prison so he could write all these prison letters, which we now read as the New Testament. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, 4, in everything we do, we try to show that we're the true servants of God. That means even in how we handle pain, how we handle failure, how we handle defeat, how we handle problems, how we handle our own mistakes, how we handle sin, how we handle all of the bad things that happen in our lives. Anybody can handle good. It doesn't take God's power to handle good. It takes God's power to patiently endure. And Paul says, in everything we do, we try to show we're true servants of God. We patiently endure suffering and hardship and trouble of every kind. Why? Because it is a witness. Just like your deepest ministry, will come out of your deepest hurt, your deepest life message will come out of your deepest pain. This is real, authentic witnessing. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. Every area in your life where you've had pain, you've never thought about this, but it's true. Every area in your life where you've had pain, you have a testimony. So don't waste it. You say, well, I don't have a testimony. Oh, yes, you do. Have you ever had uh, gone through bankruptcy? Then you have a financial testimony. Have you ever had a marriage conflict? Then you have a marriage testimony. Have you ever had a rebellious child? You have a rebellious child testimony. You ever been in, had, a, had, a, had a heart attack or anything like that? Then you've got a physical testimony. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your hurt. There are people all around you who are going now through what you've already gone through and they will listen to your story. You know, the greatest witness of God's love, the greatest example, the greatest demonstration of God's love was not Jesus's perfect life. The greatest witness of God's love was not Jesus's sermons. The greatest witness of God's love were not the miracles of Jesus. The greatest witness of God's love was the suffering that Jesus went through on the cross. The same is true with you. You can waste your pain or you can utilize it for good for all five of these purposes. Now, let me pray for you. 
Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that no matter what we go through, it may be difficult, but we don't have to be devastated by it because you have said, we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. You have these five purposes for our lives. May we grow in your plan and purpose for our lives, even in the bad times, even in the painful times. Now you pray. Say, God, help me to use my pain to draw closer to you. Help me to use my pain to learn to trust you more, to depend on you more, to not run from you, but to run to you when I am in pain and when I'm hurting, to cry out and ask for your help. And then say, Lord, help me to be honest enough to use my pain to build relationships, to, to develop closer connection, to build a fellowship with other people, to not try to impress people with my strengths, but to be honest about my weaknesses and pains and hurts and fears and failures and fumbles and flaws, and that realizing we draw closer in humility, not in bragging. Help me to use the pain in my life to draw closer to other people who may be going through that same pain. Then pray, Lord, help me to become more like Jesus. I, I, I want to grow in character. I want to grow in love and joy and peace and patience. And I know that you use even pain in my life to build character, to build virtue, to make me a little more like Jesus. Do that in my life, Lord. And then pray, Lord, help me to use the pain in my life to help others who are in pain. And whatever I've gone through, use it to, to serve others, to take the things that I've been most afraid of or ashamed of or uh, running from and realizing that you want to actually use that, that there are a lot of other people going through the exact same thing in our world today. Help me to use what I've gone through for your glory. And may my great ministry, greatest ministry come out of my, my deepest hurts. And finally, Lord, I want to be a witness with my weakness. I want to be a witness with the pain. And help me to look for ways to find people who are going through things that I've gone through and then to step up alongside them and invite them to know you and to share your love with them. I want to be a witness, not out of my successes, but I want to be a witness out of the pain that I've had in my life. I commit all of this to you, Lord. I know I can handle pain if I can see the purpose in it, and I know that there will be great rewards in heaven. Father, I thank you for these who prayed this prayer. And if there's somebody here who, listening to me who has not opened their life to Jesus Christ yet, may they right now say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. Just say that, Jesus Christ, come into my life and replace the painful parts in my heart with your comfort and your care and your courage. I want to follow you from this day forward, Jesus. I humbly ask you to accept me into your family. In your name I pray, amen. Hi everybody, this is Rick, and I hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. You know, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, 
or you just recommitted your life to Jesus again today, would you let me know about it? There's something real about sharing your commitment. So write me, Rick, at PastorRick.com and say, Rick, I prayed that prayer of commitment. I gave my life to Christ, and I'll send you some material that'll help you on your journey with Jesus, and I'll also pray for you. God bless you. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. We are so happy you've chosen to study along with us today. Here's Pastor Rick to tell you how you can help support this ministry. Jesus told his disciples that they should live their lives according to five specific purposes. He said, you've got to love God with all your heart, that's worship, and love your neighbor as yourself, that's ministry, that's called the great commandment. And then Jesus said, go make disciples, that's evangelism, baptize them into the family of God, that's fellowship, a sign of fellowship. And then he said, teach them obey everything I've taught you, that's discipleship, and we call that the Great Commission. We believe at Daily Hope that a great commitment to the Great Commandment and the Great Commission will produce a great Christian, a great church, a great company, a great community. You know, I started Daily Hope so I could spread the good news about Jesus, not just across America, but all around the world. And we want people to know that God's Word is filled with hope and truth, And the power that we need to follow him every day is available to every single one. You know as well as I do that the word of God changes lives. It's alive, it's active, and it breathes new life and new love into all of our lives. So wherever you listen to this, whether you listen on the website, whether you listen on a radio station, whether you listen through a podcast, you're a part of the Daily Hope family, and I need your help. We could not do this without your support. Now, you know I don't take any funds from this broadcast. We don't have any giant million-dollar donor who's giving big gifts to this. It comes from daily donations from listeners like you. We're 100% listener-funded. Would you continue to pray for this broadcast, and would you continue to support us? And let write to me. Let, let me hear from you. I absolutely love reading the stories that are sent to me. So write me pray for me, and support this ministry. And God will bless it, and God will bless you, and we'll get to heaven, and we'll thank God for all the people going to be in heaven because you cared. You can give right now by going to PastorRick.com or just text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. Again, that's PastorRick.com or text the word HOPE to 800-600-5004. And thanks so much for your support. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.